Give me the flats at dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Good Tuesday evening, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to Kayak Fishing Radio. I am your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Shall be joined shortly by your other host, Captain Alex Gurichke of Local Lions Guide Service. Tonight we have a very special guest joining us, James Macbeth from Jackson Kayaks, Orion Coolers, Blue Sky Boatworks. Very excited about... Uh, Having James call the show, for those of you that don't know, um, I've, I used to have a working relationship with Jackson Kayaks and uh, spent quite a bit of time in their boats. And in my opinion, they are for sure one of the top brands uh, of the kayak world today. Um, not that that's any surprise to any of you who may or may not have ever paddled one, but... Um, yeah, very excited. Looking forward to talking about the FD uh, drive system. Looking forward to talking about the Blue Sky Boatworks. Um, of course, uh, Orion Coolers as well. Uh, and here is the man himself. What's up, Captain Alex? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's the old Greg Becker intro. We used to play that for Greg Becker when he would call the show. But <clears throat> anyhow, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're doing. Doing. Doing's good. Yeah. Oh, you so, can see the uh, trance. What's that? I said you should see the transom of a boat. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You're looking sexy? Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. He gets his final <laughs> coat of gel coat and then a sand and a buff tomorrow. Very cool. Very cool. Just in time for hopefully Cobia season. Yeah. Mahi. Mahi, Mahi. Maui Wowies. Maui Wowies. Um, tonight's show is brought to you in part by a fine folks at RCI Optics, Powerpole, uh, of course, Tackle Webs, Slayer Inc. Lure Company. And uh, we'll just say, for shits and giggles, the old Bahama Bay Resort. Why not? <laughs> so uh really looking forward to talking to James tonight, man. I there's a lot of 
a lot of questions I have about the new Blue Sky Boatworks vessel. Very interesting platform. Have you taken a peek at that? I have. I'm really interested in seeing how how the durability and uh, uh, you know time on the water has been treating the FD drive. Drive other than the Hobie drive that makes me turn my head. I would agree with that, um, for sure. It, it well, the, the whole mechanism itself makes sense to us, and uh, it's damn near perfect for what we do uh, in every sense. It, it'd be like you said, though. It'd be interesting to see what the longevity of it is, what the what the breakage uh, level is, or you know, just kind of how it's been, how it's handled the salt. You know, yeah, everything everything works really well in ponds and lakes and stuff. But when you start putting stuff in salt water, it's when you typically find out what it's what it's made of. You know what I mean? All bets are off at that point. For sure, you'll be giving us a shout here in just a few minutes. Um, so before we get into that, uh, I took Trey with me in the canoe on Saturday and went looking for the what has proven to be the elusive black drum for me. Um, I don't really understand what in the world is going on. Uh, somewhere along the lines, I must have forgotten how to find fish. But uh, I did I did see, I put eyes on two redfish. Neither one of them wanted to play with us. Um, I did see two black drum. Uh, neither one of them wanted to play with us and some catfish and such. But, folks, you know, at the end of the show, we say take a kid fishing to the future of our sport. And let me explain to you just how awesome it is. Alex, you know this because you've been doing it for a long time. Your kids are older than mine. Um, just how awesome it is to watch your children enjoy the outdoors. Um, Trey caught a catfish, and you'd have thought it was a blue marlin. He was still stoked, didn't care, fought it, had fun, whatever, whatever, uh, unhooked it. We released it, of course. Um, and then uh, throughout our day, we kept he kept noticing trash up on the shoreline, and he finally made the comment, Daddy, can we, you think we can maybe stop and pick up some trash? <sighs> Dude, like, I got, I'm not going to lie, I got a little emotional about it. I was like, wow, that is my boy, like, Come on, man. Doesn't get any better than that. And so we spent the next hour or so uh, pulling down the shoreline, and every every piece of trash we saw, I nosed the canoe up into the shoreline so you can climb off the end of the canoe onto the dry land and uh, go scoop it up and throw it in the, the canoe. We got everything from a chair to a Barbasol shaving cream can glass bottles, some old, some not so old. We got some plastic bottles. We got a lot of pieces of plastic, small pieces of plastic. Um, a shoe. <laughs> I mean, we literally everything that you would see like in the the traditional uh, portrait of the fisherman not catching anything but like rubber tires and shoes and stuff, bottles and just trash is everything that you can think of we got. Um and we did a we did a pretty darn good job 
of being pretty methodical about making sure that we hit, we try to get everything we could get. There were a few things that were pretty much buried underneath some debris where the, the shoreline had given out after the hurricane um, that we weren't able to retrieve. But let me ask you this, Alex, because this is something that's been kind of bothering me a little bit. And, and if anybody should know the answer, I would imagine you would. What is the deal with the people going in and cutting the trees that have fallen into the river and removing the trees? Do you know anything about that? No. Where are they doing that? Dude, uh, well, it, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, <clears throat> up by uh, NASA Causeway on the right. north side of the bridge on the west bank, there's a pile of palm trees that went down because right. the shoreline eroded. And right. not all not all of them, but most of them have been cut clean with a chainsaw. Huh. And I wonder I'm if, sitting uh, back. Go ahead. I wonder if uh, somebody got a contract. Uh, I know there's all kinds of contracts floating around for boat removal right now. So very well, somebody might also have a contract for actually removing potential hazard trees on the shorelines, hmm. which would make sense. I well, can see that happening. I, Either that I, or somebody I think really you... wants to build a whole bunch of tiki's. <laughs> I think it makes sense if the trees are in water deep enough for boat traffic. But if, right. the, tr if the shoreline's shallow enough to where you ain't running any boats, which is, which is this case, I say leave the damn trees there because at least it's cover. At least it's some kind of structure. You know what I mean? There, there's not right. a stitch of grass from New York, New York, no. all the way to the bridge. Not a stitch. And so to me, I mean, that's a snook, that's snook haven. That's a, that's a redfish hideout. That's a, you know what I mean? That, that, that could be cover for anything. Well, so, without a doubt. I, I, I don't know. Without, without a doubt, the fish nowadays are spending way more time on, on cover like trees, logs, I mean, all kinds of stuff, you know, you're, uh, you're more what would probably be thought of as, uh, you know, fall down and stuff like that because there is no grass, you know, that's weird. I bet you, I bet you somebody's just building a bunch of peakies. <laughs> I would be really surprised if that's the case. Cause there was a lot of them and you know what, down in, uh, I'm going to say this real quick because we got James on the line. Um, down in Melbourne, doing deliveries down in Melbourne, I've noticed that there's, there's like what looks like small pontoon boats or some sort of like little barge boat that are hauling a lot of tree debris down yeah, in Melbourne. That, they had, there's, there was a big contract that went for, uh, um, for removing boats, derelict boats. Um and right. and I could definitely I could definitely see them having a full blown contract for uh 
and debris. And uh, I could see them doing a contract for trees. You know, I mean, realistically, even though it, 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 you'd think it would just stay there, nothing stays put. Everything moves. No. Yeah. yeah. And especially a freshly downed tree um, has that, that major potential to uh, to be floating, not just moving. So. Right. I can see it. It's shocking that we can yeah. get money to do that stuff, but we can't get money to fix a buffer. <laughs> well, I agree with you, my friend, and uh, I just think that you know it was it was definitely interesting to see. I wasn't real sure uh, as to what the what the thought process was behind it, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome a uh, friend of mine, a uh, friend of uh, Kayak Fishing Radio, Mr. James Macbeth. Sounds like I have to be beat PG thirteen. No. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> How goes it up in the uh, in the Great White North, sir? Uh, it goes great. Uh, today we're getting a lot of rain, but uh, uh, still a lot of snow, and everybody's ice fishing. Goes great. How's Florida ice fishing? Hot. It's the it's the weirdest thing, dude. <laughs> I just say that for the comedy, but it's the weirdest thing. Shacks in the middle of ice flows, and it's just can't get into it. Bro, oh, I've ice fished before. It's, uh, it's definitely quite the experience. Uh, I'm not going to say that I thoroughly enjoyed myself freezing, sitting on top of a frozen lake, but um, I much prefer the 80-something degrees that we experienced today. Yeah, you texted me that uh, earlier, and that was I was appreciated. We're getting freezing rain this morning when you texted that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, James, your official title is exactly what? I am the director of marketing of uh, Jackson Kayak and Orion and Blue Sky Boatworks now. So awesome. Herding herding cats so, is my official. Job description. Herding cats. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so all the guys from Jackson Media House and everything else, those guys all kind of fall underneath your umbrella. Yep. Media House team. Um, we, we have a lot of people who do a lot of jack-of-all-trades kind of things, and uh, we, we, we take a role in almost every part of the company. We're still kind of family-run, made-in-USA kind of thing, so um, – you know, we every time we have a new project, we kind of everybody all hands on deck to, to accommodate every role possible, pretty much. So, I really can't narrow it down. But herding cats is pretty accurate. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. Um, Alex and I have been talking for some time now about the FD drive, and uh, it's definitely got both of us extremely interested in it. I'm going to get an opportunity here shortly uh, to play with one over in the Bahamas and uh, looking forward, much, very much looking forward to that as well as the uh, Mayfly as well. Um, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to literally paddle everything that's, that you guys are sending over there. And we'll talk about that maybe later on in the show, but um, 
the two boats I'm really looking forward to playing with is, is the FD system and then, of course, the Mayfly. Uh, tell us about the FD, if you don't mind, and, and kind of how that came about. And uh, I'm sure Alex is going to drill you with a bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the FD was uh, an interesting process. Uh, we came out um, arguably late, uh, probably not even arguably. We're close to the last to the marketplace with one, mostly because we just spent a lot of time. Um, we do spend a lot of time in the water. We, we kind of pride ourselves in the fact that we're we try to have fun first before working. <laughs> our our, uh, our beloved president has an article written about him in in, uh, in Inc. magazine this past month, basically saying he's you know he's his paddling and fishing are first, family second, and business third, and we. You know we're we're not all exactly the same way, but we we kind of tend to follow the same the same footsteps. And uh, a, a big part of that is is how we design our boats. Um, and the FD is no different. Um, you know we've been trying pedal craft for a long time. It's been out for a while. A lot of innovators within that that sector, but you know, we found there was just a lot of things that we wanted to to do a little bit differently. Um, You'll notice I'll never use the word better. Um, differently is the best way to describe how we do things. Um, and more problem solving than anything is, is kind of what we, we did with the FD. Um, there are some clear, you know, pedal drive restrictions, if you will, up until about two years ago. And a, a few others have solved some of the problems and we solved some of the problems. And, and I think the FD was kind of a result of that. Um, uh, lightweight, uh, reverse, um, rescinding so you can go over stuff, um, easy access to the propeller, all sorts of stuff. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty good work in progress for, for like two and a half, three years. Alex, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm going to kind of be somewhat quiet on this topic because I, I, I know you've got a probably a pile of different questions you want to ask. So feel free, man, go at it. Well, no, I mean, it was just uh, definitely, it, like, I, like I've like i said before, I've said it on this show multiple times now, not you know, not just because you're on, but uh, um, about the, you know, what I could see is the functionality of it um, in a general purpose. And that was, has always been, uh, honestly, it was my first hang-up period with any drive. And and not only the functionality, but, you know, the ability to, uh, you know, seamlessly go from one to the other, you know, things of that nature. And I, I got the, a chance to look at, at ICAST to look at the FD. I think it was the CUSA FD um, mm-hmm. the, that you guys had set up there. And, uh, no, I was, uh, I was pretty impressed with it. Um, and uh and it wasn't like you were just saying it, it you know there it's not not necessarily reinventing the wheel just making the wheel work better i think um with the way that system seemed to come together um for what we utilize here which is well, we have to be able to you know go shallow you know mm-hmm. it's, it's almost it's almost like you would do if you, you know, were brave enough to send your your pedal drive kayak down 
a moderate river with some shallow spots, you know, that you're going to be moving over and you got no choice but to move over. Yeah, guilty. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I knew that would that would register right along right along you guys' line. You know, and that that's what I I picked up from looking at the system. Um, and I'm, I know you guys have you guys have you guys have guys testing your stuff all over. Um, how has it been been doing in in areas that are salt water? For one, that's one of the big things um, that uh, that that always, I guess, with me, um, especially being a guide, putting a kayak on the water as much as I do, um, is that uh, is that durability? And I guess you know, without doing anything proprietary or anything crazy like that, we don't want we don't want you to do we don't want you to get in trouble here. But, um, you know, maybe what sets you guys apart, and I know one of the things that, that caught my eye first um, was how the system, for lack of a better description, and it's going to be hard to kind of describe on the, on the air like this, but the system more or less breaks in half, kind of, yep. um, which allows you to remove the pedal interference from in front of you, Correct. Yeah, so kind of kind of couple answers to that. First of all, um, salts um, uh, the pedal drive has always been very strong in salt uh, in general. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's a big part of Hobie's success. It's a big part of a lot of success out there in regards to pedal drive. It's just a, by nature a place that really makes sense. You know, whether it's strong wind, strong current, keeping yourself you know, um, actively in one spot while you're trying to dial in a redfish that's tailing 10 feet away in strong wind. There's just so much application for it in salt. Um, the good news is that, you know, we've been building fishing kayaks for salt water for a long time and all the other components around it, if you will, um, have already kind of been dialed in for salt. You know, everything we use from our tracks or our latches or transducer mounts and you know our seating all that has kind of gone through the ringer you know our first version of the seat that the little screws kind of rusted through of the kusa i remember that you know back 10 years or eight years ago so you know the good news was the bulk of the boat and bulk of what we have to build really is kind of already very salt friendly uh the next phase was to make sure that anything we're adding to that any new technology um, is going to be as salt friendly as the rest of the boat. So that was actually quite the challenge. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces in, in drives. Um, one of the things I, I'd say one of the primary problems we like to saw, wanted to solve was encasing everything. You know, there as soon as you expose something, whether it's a, a propeller or a flap or a, a cog or a, even a nutter, you know, you you got to have a, you got to protect it from the salt. Um, um, so having that removable casing, you know, it's a two screw remove, um, the bolts are, 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 are coated and all that kind of stuff. And, and the case itself is, is airtight. So, uh, there is a, there is a hole for adding more grease or changing the grease in there. But, uh, for the most part, you have a completely sealed, um, contained drive system that is literally not exposed to the salt. Um, which was a big thing for us. Um, nice, nice. I could, I could speak to the, I could speak to the, real quick to the quality of 
everything that you guys use at Jackson. Um, because for, I, I spoke a little bit about it before you came on. For those that, that don't know, um, I used to fish for you guys, and uh, I, I fished in the Cuda, I fished in the Big Tuna, um, and hands down, in my opinion, some of the best kayaks I've ever paddled. And uh, in fact, the Cuda, the Cuda is probably one of the boats that. Um, if you said, Chuck, you got to go down to the 10,000 islands and you're going to have to put 20-something miles on a kayak, I would probably honestly pick that boat. Um, but the workmanship and everything else, you guys have, have pretty much, you know, done a, a tremendous job uh, coming from the whitewater world when you did into the fishing world um, through the Kusa and then, then the Kuda and, and everything else. So uh, I would expect nothing less than that from anything going forward the drive system it's good to hear that it's completely you know virtually completely sealed um but the breakaway the breakaway uh situation with it i think is what really got me intrigued and is that also the same uh is the system kind of the same with the blue sky boat works craft it, it is um and both of those there's, there's two reasons the breakaway one is is you want to be able to store it you know, it, it, the thing weighs five pounds, so it's not like it's a big clunky thing that you're pulling up through the, the bottom of your boat. It's just, you know, two screws and you clip it off and it's uh, uh, you put it in your car, you keep it protected. That's your that's your money piece right there. You know, everything else is pretty bomber. Um, you know, the, that's the one you want to keep in. For example, if you're if you're blessed to live in Canada, you don't want that sitting in your garage all winter. You know, it's small enough. You can shove it into a drawer or a, into a, a shelf for the, for the winter months and bring it out when it's, when it's safe to do so. It is marine grease in there. But, you, you know, it's the kind of thing you just want to get out of the way when you're stacking on the top of a car and that kind of stuff. So um, that's hold a big on, part of on, it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to stop right there. My experience <laughs> with cold weather, my experience with cold weather, the coldest <laughs> cold weather is – we had to bring the flipping beer inside because it was starting to explode because it was freezing. Now you're telling See, there's, me, there's your problem. There's your problem right cold. there. As, you got to bring your drive inside. This, this is ridiculous. Okay, carry on. So well, minus minus forty here. I think eight, eight, there's two. There's a whole bunch of problems with what you just said. One, why would you need to keep beer anywhere for more than four minutes? That's a Canadian problem. We don't have that problem in Canada. <laughs> I was looking at I was looking at the, when the tumblers came out. So we're in the we're in the uh, the hunting world, and when the tumblers came out, I was kind of shaking my heads because I, I actually put up an April Fool's joke. I put a Orion coolers tumbler, and I said, and, and it was a paper cup with an Orion logo on it. And I'm like, why do you keep beer for, cold for more than four minutes? It's pretty funny. Um, I thought anyway. Um, yeah. That is so funny, uh, the 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 other the other side to the take apart is that we have the e-drive coming up. Um, the e-drive will be available in 2018 and it's going to be basically, basically sits on the same mechanism as the pedal drive. So you're basically clipping off one and putting on the other seamlessly integrating with the very same flex drive system. Uh, so that was, that was the other thing we needed to consider. We, we knew we were going to going towards electric and, and uh, uh, had to have that kind of convenience uh, for sure. Now, now I want I want to jump in here real quick because for those of you guys that guys and gals that are listening and and you don't know 
you can't visualize exactly what we're talking about. If you have an opportunity, don't turn off the show, obviously. It's not the right thing to do. But <laughs> bring up the Google and Google the SB drive from Jackson Kayak so you can get an idea of what we're kind of talking about here. Now, if correct me if I'm wrong. You guys are the only people that have a system like this, and I'll kind of try to explain it a little bit more. Um, in in terms that, that people can maybe visualize if they don't have an opportunity to actually search it. So even with the Hobie drive, the every other drive, native drive, name the drive, any other drive is one single piece basically for the most part that has to be moved up or down, taken in or out um, for full clearance, for getting the pedals out of your way, say you're fly fishing, um, for things of that nature. They're a one single whole unit. The Hobie drive is the little flappy flapper fins with the kickers, and the whole unit has to come up out if you don't want those pedals in front of you. The Hobie drive is able to, to zero out to where you can get it pretty shallow. Um, I, I see people running the things onto the beach, and it makes me cringe because I know what parts are exposed. Now, you guys solved the problem of most of the other direct pedal to propeller drive systems, which is that whole system had to come up out of the water to go into shallower water. And that is why the FD drive caught my attention immediately, because we do so much shallow, shallow water operation. And if you guys can visualize this listening... Um, the drive, you pedal, the actual pedal, which, which you were just talking about, you guys are going to have the E-drive option, which is an electric motor drive option, sits on, on top of the kayak. This is a sit-on-top kayak, like we're all using now. Sits on top of the kayak in front of you and screws down to exactly how to explain what it is. But, uh, you know, like a, a set bolt kind of thing system. The pod, which you were just talking about with the pedals on it or the E-Drive, sets on, for lack of a better description, and correct me if I'm kind of off on this, like what you would use for a blender almost. And I don't think yeah. it's proprietary. It's like a center console. Have, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's obviously yeah. you guys' concept now. It's, it's yours. You're, you know, you're, you guys are the ones doing something of this nature. So what that, in effect, gives you folks that are listening is you can have your pedal drive kayak moving along and say you get up into the shallows and you do want to push pole, slow down, get out your fly rod. You don't want those pedals in front of you. You pop them off. They go in the back. You stash them. Don't drop them in the water. Don't lose them, obviously. Just like the Hobie drive, you don't pick the thing up and flip it off the side of your kayak. You know, you pay attention to that, that item. But that drive, those pedals, all that obstruction that was in your way and would be in your way with all the other systems without physically taking the whole system, the, you know, propeller or flippers out and, and behind you, that one pod with just the turners or just your uh, pedals uh, comes off and, and the, the thing that really intrigued me about you guys' system um, was one how that 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 two part 
idea came together, and it came together real nicely. Um, and it looked really, really slick to me. And it looked convenient um, for somebody that does a lot of loading, unloading of multiple boats day after day. Um, it looked like a real good, convenient, easy way to keep that item, which is is your is your money maker. That's your high dollar item with your pedal drive is making sure that, you know, that's all good to go. Keeping that safe and, and to the side while you're loading and unloading is a good, a great concept. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, I, I mentioned that the, you know, keeping salt out of that, you know, that, that pedal compartment there, the top part that, that clips on is important, but it's also important to note that it's out of the water. Uh, there are no, corroded, corrodible parts, uh, important parts, if you will, uh, below the water. So really all you have, and, and one of the challenges we had creating the flex part of the drive system, and that, that's, the, that's the key word right there, and the reason we put it in the, in, into the, the, the kind of the brand name of, the, of the, the drive system, the flex part is that piece that goes down into the water, and that piece that goes down into the water is basically a rod that, that that's flexible, that's able to drive a propeller at any position. So we can raise it right up into the water. Actually, the, ch the biggest challenge was as it's in the, 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 the higher position, if you're going through the shallows, we needed to make sure, A, the, of course, the propeller blades aren't hitting the bottom of our hull. That's challenge number one. That's pretty easy. Just make it mm -hmm. kind of a recess in there. But two, we wanted to have propulsion. So if you imagine a, a propeller going up into the hull of a boat and you're still pedaling, well, there's a hull of a boat in the way. So we created these really cool, a gentleman by the name of uh, Tony Lee uh, is our boat shaper in, in, at Jackson Kayak. Uh, brilliant guy, surfer, has carved most of our, our performing longer boats. Um, uh, he came up with this kind of ingenious propulsion channels, if you will, um, that allow you to, to drive, you know, continue to drive while you're in shallow, shallow water versus just kind of cruising in um so uh, all that kind of came together and the only reason that works is if you're able to separate the two the, the pedal system slash e-drive e system with the actual flex drive um, then we added that kind of we have a kind of in front of the propeller we have a skeg that protects the propeller from hitting anything and i'm sure if those out there haven't seen the drive uh are, are imagining a pedal or propeller system kind of exposed, if you will, under, under that boat, but it's really not um, to kind of bust through any mythologies or any theories out there about why we, we decided, decided to, to have a boat that can contact stuff and go into shallow water. It was more about the trees that we fish around. <laughs> uh, a lot of us are inlands and, you know, there's, it's not about the sand. It's a little bit about the mud, but it's, it's about all those trees. And you you guys are talking about structure earlier on, um, that's a big part of fishing, you know, getting in and around structure. A big part of your advantage as a kayaker is you can go into heavily wooded old, you know, in, in Canada, we got old uh, beaver dams that blacked up lakes for decades and there's bass in there and there's big bass in there. Um, uh, that's the kind of place we like to go into because we're in a kayak. Bass boats Bam can't beavers. get in there. Kayaks can't. Sam beavers. We like them. They're our national animal. That's a thing. Um, so lots, uh, <laughs> said lots it's going thing. on in that one little, <laughs> <laughs> lots going on in that one little piece for sure. No, that's, um, that's exactly, uh, where I wanted to go next with, with 
more or less not not necessarily a line of questioning, but kind of just throwing out there what you guys are doing that's different is how, um, you know, in in most people's minds when they they in their brain think of the two types of drive systems basically for you know lack of a better description that you have in kayak in the kayak world right now which is the the propeller driven pedals or the flippy flappers um from the hobie then you've got you know in your brain you're thinking okay the 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 business end the propeller end is going to be similar to what an outboard motor would look like or, or a trolling motor, the, the, the lower unit of that, that motor would look like. And that's another way, you know, not only was it the, the, the ability to take the, the drive in half basically and, and, and have that uh, pretty much clean surface and, uh, and have that breakaway um, kind of factor going on, but, the way you guys have your drive, like you were saying, the flex, it, it, the flex part of it, the angle at, at what it is, I'm trying to, I can't even in my brain think of a way to describe how that drive kind of comes out of the bottom of the boat uh, at an angle, at a back angle, and like you said, it is is ready to be just bumped up at any obstruction. Um, simply and easily up into the hull to where it's 100% clear of any anything to zero out the whatever the draft is of the kayak. I can't imagine it's more than a couple inches. I don't think I know of any kayak that drafts more than a few inches. But um, you know, able to zero out like that uh, to its to its shallowest draft possible um, very easily uh, because it's at that angle, that backward sweep and that backward angle. And uh, that was one of the biggest uh, the things, other than the, the breakaway factor, that really caught my attention was the ease at which the actual propeller, the business end, was able to swing up into the hull of the boat. And, and the angle that it was already at, uh, you know, afforded that real well. And, uh, and like you were saying, I didn't even get into as far as, as to looking at the, uh, the ability of it to be able to, to, to drive you know, with it further tucked up in than I had thought for sure. So. Yeah, we, we do we do have a way for you to adjust the the trim on the propellers themselves. Uh, for you know, if if you know you're going to be in four inches of water, there's kind of a middle position. There's a you know, the, you you bring it right up. I I call it the uh, crotch fan position where you can open the little. Uh, there's a there's an access point through the front of the de- or through the middle of the deck, right right basically between your legs where you can actually clean weed out of out of the propellers. Um, uh, then you know so you have that high high position. Then you got a kind of a medium position that it kind of locks in there if you want. Um, and if you know you're going to be in that position, you can actually change the pitch on the on the the propeller blades. It gives you gets you back to that 12 to one kind of power 12 to one ratio power that that you're used to when it's all the way down you're going to lose a little power as your your propeller comes up in a different position if you will so uh, we accommodate that as well and and further on down the road we will have different types of propellers um we're working hard on a on a completely weedless one as we speak a little advance for your audience thank you nice now for for anybody who's listening that that knows you know that listens to the show or or as pays attention to me or anything like that, you'll know I'm in you know I, I pedal around in Hobies, 
And there is upsides to every, any paddle, like you were saying, any pedal kayak versus a paddle kayak for fishing purposes. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You can, you can give me all the hoopla you want about being a, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a soul paddler and, uh, you enjoy the paddle in your hand and, you know, no, it's garbage. You just have the yes to put yourself into a pedal <laughs> and actually go fishing. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. You, you can tell me all, I love to paddle along this bullcrap. That's wild, okay? Yeah, you're paddling between islands in Hawaii. You're a waterman, and cool, you like to paddle things for long distance. Bullcrap. Nobody <laughs> likes to paddle anything. It's, well, it's, not everybody's got the pipes beginning. I do, right? It's all about right. the pipes. You don't have the pipes. Yeah. Saying. yeah. The, the, well, the minute the wind's in your face, and I don't care if it's two miles an hour or 25 miles an hour, if the wind's in your face, it's the most defeating thing ever. You push the paddle <laughs> or you pull the paddle through the water, and you got to push the thing through the wind on the other side. It sucks. It's terrible. I'm going to be the yeah. first. I'm not the first minute. It sucks. Yeah, but, yeah, no. I, I think I, it, there's a there's a, a subtler point in there. I think that's what you're going for. Probably not. Uh, in that, <laughs> Probably not. Uh, it's all, it's all, the, the leg is the, the leg slash pedal is also a very familiar position um, effort, if you will, in, in, mo in most of us human beings, right? So you're. You know, the, the real challenge in kayak fishing as a manufacturer and as a marketer for a manufacturer is you're trying to get your average fisherman into into, into a kayak. And um, uh, it's the numbers of pedal-driven kayaks are where they are right now um, because using your legs in a pedaling style is something that's really familiar versus using your arms getting around a lake. It's it uh, it is one of those things. Um, uh, I, I'm a very I'm a I'm an avid paddler and I've circumnavigated things for sure. And I, I say the reverse. I don't know what to do with my hands when I'm out there. EJ brought up a, an FD, one of the earlier prototypes, and I, he got me on the lake. You know, after 35 years of kayaking. I finally got into a pedal drive. Honestly, I, I, I've never tried many pedal drives up until about two years ago, and this is two years ago. I got into my first pedal drive, and it was our Kusa HD prototype or FD prototype, and I, I didn't know what to do with my hands. I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, was, Look like so Ricky I, Bobby. It was yeah. exactly like Ricky Bobby. Like, my like, hands. Yeah, yeah. So we're, you know, we're there's there's two sides to the kayak fishing industry. There's the side that come from, from come from kayaking itself for sure, and then there's the there's a new breed for sure that's uh, um, that that are more familiar and more, you know, it's, in any sport, especially in 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 what we used to in whitewater, you're trying to break down the barriers of entry. You know, whitewater's got this mythology that it's an extreme sport, and the reality is it's actually quite safe. But in people's heads, it's not. You know, and the idea of flipping or getting sitting in a kayak, kind of constrained, is is not a, a thing they're they're used to or they want to be. It just blocks them from getting into the sport. The pedal, it opens doors. You know, so yeah, um, it's you. familiar, it's safe. It's got something something 
it allows people more and more people to ease into our into our sport um, through it. So it, it's important for sure. Yeah, I got a little. Uh, I got a question. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Got uh, a question in the chat room, real quick. Sorry. Uh, where'd it go? There it is. Are there any plans for putting the FD in the other boats, like the Cuda, the Kraken? I I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> uh, the, the answer is yes. Uh, uh, we're we're uh, we are fast at work. There are going to be uh, between two and four boats coming out in 2019, and out to ICAST and OR that are going to be involving the pedal drive. Yes. Very cool. Uh, we're, we're going to be anywhere between one and 99 boats <laughs> from Jackson. <laughs> well, we we, we go through. We're, we go through a quirky process. We, you know, we throw it all on the table once a year, and we, you know, we have pretty cool uh, conversations about, you know, where mostly where we what, what kind of boat we want to have fun in. <laughs> you know, we're we're a big part of the community. I think we we like uh, we have we have the same we pa- paddle and fish so much. I think it's that. You know, we have uh, we, we kind of figure it out, and and uh, so we we go through an exercise of of coming up with about you know four or five different ideas for boats going into the next year, and then we bring all of them pretty much to a certain to a certain level, um, and then kind of step back and just choose you know a handful of them and keep going kind of thing. So it's uh, we're at the fun part of the process right now. We'll know more as ICAST approaches for sure. Cool. Nice. I'm gonna hit a real. But I think I'm gonna hit a real quick. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, just just one more one more kind of tease. The next boat that has been kind of 100% agreed upon. It was like wasn't even a discussion. It was a unanimous decision. Was literally based on the number one comment we got throughout this entire FD process when we announced the Cusa FD, um, the Cruise FD. Even Blue Sky, you know, we're announcing that this week. We, we're getting the same people asking for the same boat, and that's the one we're doing. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> hmm. There you sense. go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to hit a real quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with uh, James, and uh, we're going to talk about the Blue Sky because that's the elephant in the room, so to speak. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome eat, I got one. Oh, damn, I got him. You got him. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. There has not been a more important time for us to try and rally behind an organization like Bonefish and Tarpon Trust as, as we are in right now. With the state of Florida going through the pains of, of pollution and runoff and discharges and water uh, quality issues, Bonefish and Tarpon Trust is one of the only organizations that puts their money where their mouth is. They truly, their mission is to try and protect the estuaries, the flats, 
and the, and the bays in which the bonefish, tarpon, and permit call home worldwide. So, guys, if you get an opportunity, please go to Bonefish Tarpon Trust, uh, BTT.org, and check out what they've got going on. Join them. Become a member. Um, it's not that expensive to become a member. Your money goes to actual research um, done by arguably the, uh, the smartest people in the industry when it comes to trying to protect those, those natural resources that bonefish and the tarpon and the permit all need so badly. Anyhow, tell me about, tell us all about the, uh, the Blue Sky Boatworks situation. You had me a bonefish. I know. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm really kind of bummed, actually. I'm going to, okay, sidetrack. Uh, I was really looking forward to uh, get on bonefish with you and the guys and Alex and everybody all at the same time. And now mm. I find out you guys are going to be making your trip over to the Bahamas in May. Is it May? Yeah, it's in May. Um, we're trying to we're trying to combine too many things at once, I'd, I'd imagine. But uh, um, uh, March, February was just too early for us. Yeah. Well, it was very short notice for everybody, so don't feel bad. In fact, it turned Thanks out. Thanks for setting that up. It turned, I mean, that's, that's, it's turned out to be an incredible conversation. It's been it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, uh, no, no problem. Listen, man, when when I was presented with the, uh, I'm not going to call it the opportunity. Basically, in a nutshell, folks, we've been kind of talking about uh, the Bahamas situation a little bit here on the show. Uh, looking forward to bringing a couple of trips over there this year with Kayak Fishing Radio at some point. And uh, we want you, the listeners, to join us. Um, what happened, uh, for those of you that, that, that don't know, and we're going to jump right into the blue sky after this just because this is kind of an interesting story. Um, I saw a friend of mine constantly posting photos and videos of him in the Bahamas. And anybody who know, has known me for any length of time knows that the bonefish is the most important fish to me. There is no fish on this planet that I want to catch as badly on a fly rod as a bonefish. So naturally, what better of a place to go and possibly do it than the Bahamas? Well, I was curious to see, since he goes over so often, you know, what's the situation? Dude, obviously you got some kind of crazy hookup because I know it's expensive to go stay at a lodge, right? So he was like, oh, man, I got a condo over there. Ah, really? Do you have any kayaks at this condo? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we have a few kayaks at this condo. I mean, they're 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 junk, <laughs> but but we got them. I mean, they they float sometimes, but they but you know. And uh, I was like, man, it'd be nice to get a couple fishing kayaks over there. Ding, light bulb. And uh, immediately, the first brand that I thought of to 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 talk to was you guys uh, for a number of different reasons, but mainly because. I know that the um, the boats themselves are freaking basically tailor made for that fishery the, the, mm. across the board. You got the Kraken for your blue water stuff. You got the Mayfly for the backwater stuff. You got the FD for all the stuff. You know, and you got a bunch of other boats too that would work out real well over there. But um, yeah, so that's what's going to happen. So so here the cat's finally, I guess, completely out of the bag. Is that uh, yep. if you if you decide to go and and say you decide you want to go fish the Bahamas from by way of kayak, you can now go and stay 
at the old Bahama Bay Resort, which is the West End, um, right on the shores of an amazing bonefish flat. Right behind the the resort is a thousand foot of water. I mean, you're talking anything, <laughs> billfish, all the pelagics, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there, there'll be Jackson kayaks sitting there waiting for you when you get there. So you're not going to have to concern yourself with showing up or bringing bringing your own boats if you don't want to. You can you can uh, fly in or take a ferry across, whatever, and there'll be high quality fishing kayaks there at your disposal but anyhow yeah we, we're even bringing the we're bringing the liska down as well which is kind of a hybrid of the of the the mayfly um uh, or the, one of the other timing reasons i have jen ripple who's a fly angler uh, done magazines editor and owner uh she's coming down and and flying out of the the uh the liska as well so um yeah we got a good fleet there for sure and the fd is going to be there that's going to be fun out in the, the deep end in the shallows. Uh, um, that's, it's on my bucket list as well, Chuck. Well, looking forward to it. And I may, I may just need to figure out a way to sneak myself over there in May when you guys go over there so that I can, I can watch you achieve that goal. Cause just the same with me going over there a little bit beforehand. Um, I, I don't really have any doubts that it's going to happen. You know, it's one of those, it's one of those places where you can't guarantee anything because it's fishing, but it's the Bahamas, <laughs> and there's tons yeah. of bonefish. So plus everybody you know, you in those plus everybody in those 750 YouTube videos I've watched since has caught a bonefish. So it must be easy, <laughs> dude. There's people. There's people in. There's people with YouTube videos that have literally over a million views that you could tell they literally just picked up a fly rod for the first time and caught a bonefish. So if I go over there and mark my words, everybody, this is real talk. If I go to the Bahamas and don't catch a bonefish, I will be selling all of my fly fishing gear and I will stop fly fishing for the rest of my life. Oh boy. I'm not commitment, It's on podcast now. Now it's going to be on iTunes for the rest of the, for the rest of, uh, of 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 its existence. So you guys can hold me to it. I don't care. I don't care. I, I, it's going to happen. I've got a good feeling. It better happen. One more, one more little <laughs> anyway. caveat. Uh, and I'm not sure. I think um, I, I I've asked to send a cruise FD as well. Uh, one of the things that we're kind of discovering is kind of a pleasant surprise. The cruise, uh, for those who don't know, was kind of aimed at it. You know, we wanted it a little bit shorter, a little bit narrower, something that folks can tool around on a lake. We did make it fishing friendly with, with gear tracks and, and a few mounts and stuff like that. But we wanted to keep prices a little lower than the Cusa FD and that kind of stuff. And uh, what we were discovering, it's actually a really great open water boat. Uh, sleeker, narrower, longer. It's got that CUDA feel. You mentioned the CUDA earlier. Um, uh, the perform, the speed is just a little bit higher because of the, the tracking hull, uh, narrower hull. Um, it's a it's a good boat. So I'm trying to get one of those up there as well uh, for us to try out. Sweet. So tell us about the blue sky, man, because there's a lot of I've seen a lot of buzz on social media the last day and a half or so. Um, a lot of folks talking about it. Um, 
it, it's it's without a doubt the most inter- interesting platform that I have seen from any of the upper echelon of kayak manufacturers. So go tell us about it. Uh, well, uh, Blue Sky kind of, I mean, obviously we're really bored at Jackson and we don't have enough brands to, to market, represent, sell, and build. We're <laughs> sitting around twiddling our <laughs> thumbs and nothing else to do. So, hey, let's, <laughs> let's go big. Uh, we've had a kind of a long, you know, running relationship with Andy Zimmerman. Uh, you know, he, he's, you know, wilderness systems and he's got history just like a, our Joe Pulliam has of, you know, uh, age old whitewater, uh, uh, whitewater manufacturer and lead designer for many, many years. Um, those guys are kind of in a class of their own, if you will. Uh, um, you guys mentioned Woody Calloway. He's another one, you know, these guys have been around, you know, way back when, and they kind of, uh, they are actually bored, I think. And they kind of got together. Um, and this gentleman, Jim Brown, who's, uh, kind of a legendary multi-hull designer does a lot of catamaran style systems. Um, and they came to us with sketches of an idea and pretty, and went, had, had gone pretty far with a prototype and we've basically took it over on the manufacturing design side of things, if you will, with the help of Rick Jones and other gentlemen uh, who's kind of leading their engineering, Terry Gilbert. Uh, again, all these guys are, are kind of legendary, um, and so we started throwing things together. We got uh, a few team members involved. Uh, Drew came aboard and Jameson Redding, uh, Drew Gregory and Jameson Redding kind of came into the picture, started looking at it from the eyes of a modern kayak angler. Uh, you, the good news with the kayak angling world is we've evolved that, you know, the we've evolved the, the fishing kayak to a point where we can now start applying it to, to, you know, to other platforms and uh, something with a, a multi-hull was kind of an interesting thing for us because we, we like stability. Uh, so the end result is basically a two-hulled craft. Um, it's got a padded deck. It's got a, we call it the front porch and the back porch, so you can put gear in. The hulls themselves have two big hatches on the, on the bow and two big hatches on the port side of each hull, so you can actually fit 20, 30 fishing rods into the thing, camping gear, you name it. Uh, it's 13 and a half feet long, just under 13 and a half feet long. Um, you got about 30 square, the end result is have about 30 square feet of space to walk around on. Um, uh, you know, we've got, you'll see the gear tracks that you're all used to seeing, the, you know, the ramrod holders and all that kind of stuff. That's all built right into the thing, strapped down points everywhere. Um, so it's a big craft, um, um, uh, you know, it comes basically if you took a kayak, a catamaran and a, and a John boat and you had a threesome, that's what you would get out of it. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the cool thing is it runs with our, our, our FD system. Uh, super cool thing is that because it's a really well-designed Jim Brown dual uh, hull system, it actually tracks much faster. So um, very fast, very low profile. So even in the, especially in the flats, you know, I think in open water and swells, it's going to be more about the peddler 
peddler's skill set out there than, than anything, but in the flats, this is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, uh, I think my first trip with it is going to be down into Louisiana for some redfish. Um, there you go. Way? Uh, it's about 170. Um, it parts, so the, the two pontoons come off of the frame, and each each of those three things doesn't weigh more than 30 pounds. So it's a, ironically more roof rackable than, than most of our kayaks out there. So, um, hmm. kind of cool that way. Uh, we have a wheel system, uh, that's built on onto it. So they, basically the wheels drop down and they're very central to, to the boat. Um, so what that means is that you can lift with one hand, the front of your hull, even with the, loaded in gear and it's got a very very light tongue weight so it pulls up it's like you know when you when you take your kayak cart and you put it in the right place instead of putting it way in the back like most of us idiots do you put it right right in the center of the boat and you lift it up and it pulls nice and easy so that's that's kind of what we have we've built those right onto the on onto the boat um um there you go so exciting (laughs) It, it is very interesting, and I, I believe the, sw- the seat swivels too, doesn't it? Yep, uh, that's the 360. Uh, the seat swivels. Uh, we have a steering mechanism that's kind of like best way to describe it is you know when when Luke Skywalker got into the Millennium Falcon, he was down below shooting all the the, the bad guys. You know that's that kind of apparatus. Two big two bars that come up the side of the seat, and, and uh, uh, we had this. The, the prototype at uh, Paddle Sports Retailer this year, and we had the same reaction from everybody who got on the boat. They kind of got on the boat, they sat down, they had a quirky look on their face, they kind of didn't know what to think, and then they started pedaling it, and it turns on a dime. Um, so there was these two poles in the pond, and it, they, people started doing figure eights around the two poles, like race cars. And you can almost hear them going berm, berm, berm all the way around that pond. And uh, to the person, everybody who got off uh, the 360 was like, oh, I want one of these. <laughs> uh, they're a lot of fun to drive. Um, sure. When, when will they start shipping out to retailers? Uh, we're we're actually doing really well in production right now. Um, you know, it's one of those things that kind of, running a lot smoother through the, the design process. So we're hoping, you know, June-ish. Um, uh, that's to be determined, though. This is obviously, we're now parting it and getting costs here and there. Uh, we're going to be doing a Kickstarter um, campaign starting in, in March. Um, uh, give everybody a chance at an advanced price. Um, so that's, that's new. That's something we haven't done before. Um, but uh, gets the boat out there faster and um, something that folks have been asking us about. So we're going to give it a try this time. Very cool. So if, you go to, <clears throat> yeah, if you go to our website, definitely. it's at uh, com. There is a sign-up for an email uh, list that you can sign up for, and that's going to give you a little bit of an advance notice of what our, our next steps are uh, with the release of this boat. Um, but... Uh, uh, we're pretty excited. Yeah, it's definitely a cool platform. It's one that I've I've looked at quite a bit, and uh, you know I'm kind of I'm kind of quirky like that. I, I I like I like things that are a little bit different, um, and I like things that that 
fit a niche or, or, or a specific purpose. And I, I could see that being a, a very functional flat stocking type uh, craft. How, I mean, how do you classify? I mean, is it, is it, how do you classify it as a boat? As a yeah, no, it's, I, that's the million dollar question. You know, there there's conversations all over. That's actually the pretty close to the number one conversation uh, about it is how do you classify it? I mean, it's, it's we're in kind of uncharted territories. Uh, you know, is it a kayak? Is it a boat? Uh, for us, the, the importance was uh, we kind of mentioned earlier the entry point into into our our style of fishing is either being a bass boat or a john boat or or a kayak. There's, there has been no real in-between. You know, some of our kayaks have reached the in-between areas with a little bit more fishing surface, a little bit more very visual stability. I think that's really key. You're, you look at this boat as a bass fisherman, you look at something called a kayak, and you, you know, you're going to gravitate, we think, towards something like this if you're really not sure that a kayak's right for you. Um, the trick is that this is probably as much if not more of a kayak than a john boat would be uh, based on the way we fish out of our kayaks you know we have all the elements of of kayak fishing on it really the only difference is a little bit higher chair the the chair we like higher because of the the pedal position Um, it's Mm -hmm. actually a really comfortable pedaling position versus a really low profile you know you're kind of of almost reclining to pedal most of our our fishing kayaks Um, you can see this chair is, is a lot higher. It's a lot more comfortable, actually a lot more natural if you're comparing it to bicycle uh, cycling and stuff like that. Um, so we're, we're really looking at this to fill in the niche of people who are just not really ready for a super small craft and are ready for that one that's kind of a little bit more closer to bigger than, than the small, what they potentially see as a tippy uh, platform. Mm. Interesting. Well, for those of you that are local to us, uh, obviously we're heard uh, worldwide now, but um, for those of you that are in Central Florida, if you want to go check out any of the Jackson Kayak lines, uh, I'm on their website right now underneath the dealer locator, and looks like you've got Evolution Outdoors in Altamont Springs, Sandy Point, uh, Progressive Sports in South Daytona, and Action Water Sports over in Auburndale. And uh, those are the ones that pop up on your dealer finder. So if you're local, Central Florida area, whatever, you want to go check them out, those are some spots you can go check out some of these boats we're talking about. Um, Obviously, Blue Sky won't be there just yet, but uh, hopefully in the very near future. Oh, man. Uh, So I guess the last product we haven't talked to you at all about is another one that that you're the marketing guy for, and that is... Orion coolers. Yeah, that was two years ago when we we decided that we were bored and didn't have anything else to do. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah, no, Orion coolers was uh, this time was born uh, surprisingly from both the hunting and the uh, whitewater worlds um, um, up until seven years ago, actually. Yeah, about, about seven years ago, fishing hadn't really taken off for us. And, and uh, uh, you know, we're still knee-deep in whitewater, and whitewater's all about the rafting, especially the big multi-day trips. And so um, we've been doing this project. Uh, we, we are also a custom rotomolder for a, a few 
few companies and we had a, a cooler company come to us and ask us to roto mold coolers and uh, they kind of made, you know, the cookie cutter beige cooler, um, you know, and for years of sitting on a raft, having to unstrap the top of the, ra- the, the, the cooler to reach down into the cooler to get your beer or food or whatever and strap it back on. And then, you know, it, it was just, just that one thing, you know, we kept telling this, this, this company, you know, you, you need to have tie down points, you know, all over your cooler. You need to have latches that don't get caught on things. You need to have four bottle openers, of course. Um, there was just a lot of a lot of problems that 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 we saw in that industry once again because we we use the stuff every day um, that we thought we we could solve and we wanted them to solve and we were, didn't want them we suggested to them that they solve and uh, they ended up going to China um, so we had subject matter experts we had the staff plastic we had the you know, we had the design that we've been kind of pushing for the, for a couple of years on them, and, um, and we decided to go for it. And uh, uh, it's it's gotten pretty busy. Um, so that's and brought us right. into so the, know, the hunting world and the adventure world, and it's been fun. The, all right. So uh, again, I'm on I'm on the website. I'm looking at the coolers. I'm looking at the accessories. You have, they have what looks like the back of a typical kayak seat, uh, frame kayak seat that is an accessory called the handy back. Yep. That's pretty, that's pretty damn cool. And I'll tell you why that's, why, like, I think that's actually amazing. (laughs) Because not only am I into the kayak world, I love kayaks and all things kayak, of course, and paddlecraft or whatever, but. I also dabble in the micro skiff world, and in case yep. you didn't know, and uh, that handy back looks like the perfect uh, the perfect replacement for a grab bar for a boat, a small boat with a tiller mm-hmm. that you're going to run with your buddy. So your buddy could be sitting it on top of the cooler with that back on it, and it. it from what it looks like here, it looks like it would be just tall enough to where you can get your hand down on the back of that thing while your buddy's sitting on it and run the tiller and feel comfortable standing up. That is cool, man. That That is yeah. way cool. Yeah, the ha- the handy back came about for a number of reasons. One, um, our our brand manager, Damon, um, is an avid hunter and, and, you know, sitting in a blind, we just found we ship with the with the pad on the top of the cooler you know it's a hundred dollar accessory anywhere else but everybody sits on the cooler it's just a thing you know sitting around a campsite you know you got three chairs there's five people there's two people sitting on the cooler it's just one of those cooler culture things and so you know so we did the pad came with it um um and then we kind of got to a point where it was like okay now everybody's sitting on our coolers because you know, it's comfortable. And so, you know, the, the, the handy back came about there last year, mostly because of that. And in combination with the fact that a lot of our team members on the Jackson side started taking the 25 cooler and the 35 cooler, putting it instead of their chairs on their kayaks, they'd literally take the elite seat off of their kayak and strap down a cooler. Um, uh, 
it was a funky thing, but it, it kind of took off and a lot of them started doing that. So, um, the back kind of came, came from that. Um, um, uh, it was one of the things that we wanted to solve was the fact that, you know, you the idea of an accessory for a cooler up until now really was you get rubber, rubber feet or, uh, you know, a, an ice chest kind of, or one of those kind of ice, uh, ice boxes or, uh, or a padded top. And, and of course, in the kayak fishing world, we've been accessorizing our kayaks for seemingly a lot longer than the, than the coolers. So, uh, you know, all of a sudden you put a couple of gear tracks around the side and you're able to put your, your Ram cup holders, your camera mounts, your fishing rod holders, your, you name it, you can put onto it now. And, uh, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of a fun exercise in, 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 in taking it to what I think is kind of cooler version two, uh, which we think is long overdue. Yeah. <clears throat> Alex, are you what? looking at that by chance? No, I, I didn't bring it up. I was watching, I was watching the video on Facebook of the little tiny hammerhead shark chasing the guy around in the kayak <laughs> and him stabbing at it with his easily distracted. <laughs> I did. I, did I, actually, I actually just solved world peace at the same time too. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, I did have a question though, I, because I don't have it up right away. What sizes do you have in your, uh, in your cooler lineup? Uh, we have a 25, 35, 45, 65, and 85 quart. Uh, they're two right. quarts. Um, so uh, we're currently working on a larger size as well. For more of the, the marine style coolers, they're a little bit bigger. Excellent. I got a boat that needs to be outfitted shortly with some coolers. The um, now, now, something like the 85, since we were just talking about the seat, does that fit two seats? Uh, we have a uh, 85. Boy, now you're testing me. Uh, they're all one seats. They're all one seaters. But the, the back of the 85 kind of looks like a, it's a sofa. <laughs> right. You know, it's all, it's all one piece. It's a sofa. We'll, we'll call it the love seat. How about that? It's the there you seat. go. Yeah. Uh, we actually we're actually getting rid of our 2017 color stock. By the way, shameless plug. Uh, pricing's down a hundred bucks, so you can get them online right now as you speak. Go get them. Come on down. Yeah. Uh, if you go, if you go to their website, OrionCoolers.com, uh, one of the first things that will pop up is is that is the fact that they do have a twenty percent discount on the two thousand seventeen colors. Which, by the way, the colors are pretty awesome, man. The fact that um, you guys did a lot of the same in the kayaks too. It looks like because uh, yeah, I mean, you don't really call them the from. same colors. Yeah, you don't call them the same colors like the red and black. You guys have always called the Black Widow. You just call it red and black. Yeah, I, um, uh, we've done a lot of stuff with with. Our, I mean, our just the way we manufacture and rotomold mold our kayaks, whitewater kayaks before them. Um, um, we just we're just really used to that and that kind of camel pattern and the coolers actually allowed us to get really funky with some of our colors some of our more popular colors are the real bright 
blazes and uh, like you see on that closeout sail cooler, that really cool blue, yellow, and green kind of kind of layout. It, it gets pretty funky. It's kind of like a, a snowflake, right? No cooler is the same, so we don't have a you don't have a, a color process that, that you know makes the same exact same boilerplate cooler. There are every cooler is different. It's got its own personality. So it's been a lot of fun with the colors for sure. That's been noticed for sure, especially when you're sitting. You know, you see one of our coolers in a in a retail outlet, and it's, there's this big wall of beige, and then you get ours. Yeah, it's kind of fun to see. Yeah. And 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 it, the same thing uh, lends itself well over to the kayak market because I know when I when I first started fishing for you guys, um, actually when the Cuda first came out, um, I was so in love with the. Um, the black widow and the yellow jacket, like those two colors yep. were just like. In fact, the black widow almost was somewhat of like a like my my so my quote unquote signature color because it's just my favorite. I think of all all the kayaks I've ever owned, I think that black widow is probably one of my favorite color combinations. It just it's Absolutely. a really good looking boat, and and you you spoke you spoke about it just then how kind of like snowflakes. It is cool that literally every single boat that's blended like that is completely different. I mean, you, you'll never yeah. find one exactly the same. Yeah. There's, a, there's a few videos online of how our guys fill the molds with the, the colors. And you can see, I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys in, our, in the factory there that are kind of like artists now, you know, they, they'll try different things. Well, let's put the, let's put the blue on the one side and the black on the other side. And, and, you know, there's, there's this whole, uh, there's this kind of a whole kind of creative process that they go through. So, you know, it's a blank canvas when it goes in and when it comes out, it's kind of cool. Um, uh, this year, uh, so we don't generally keep the same colors every year, um, but we always have that red one, you know, kind of the red and black and white or red and black. And, and this year is a little bit of blue kind of a slate color in there it's the rockfish so we don't have the black widow but the black widow is the one we kind of bring back every two years or three years because it's got demand actually my favorite right now is kind of either either between thunderstruck and arctic thunderstruck is this kind of real bright frosty blue with kind of whites and grays and then arctic is is black and gray and white uh it's pretty cool looking color arctic's really cool um, you can see all those colors on our website um, under photos uh, for each of the boats. So that's a lot of fun. That's a big differentiator for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm digging the uh, on the closeout page, ladies and gentlemen. I am digging the Orion 55 in what looks like Florida Gator colors, blue and orange. <laughs> but and if yeah, any so- Miami Dolphin fans, since we're in Florida, if there's any Miami Dolphin fans listening. You got to look at the 65. The 65 they have up there is is like, if you're a Dolphins fan. You have to have that cooler. Like, you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No. It, it, it's funny. Uh, so as a Canadian, we're we're not alumni. We, we, you know, my dad didn't go to the same school I did. You know, kind of thing. And so the, the alumni is not a big big as a deal as it is down in the U.S. And our Damon is a Clemson grad and of course the one cooler color that remains forever on our our cooler line is the the orange blaze because it's his clemson color so um 
There we go. Cool. There you go. Well, James, man, we we appreciate your time tonight, and uh, thanks so much for bestowing upon us all things Jackson, Orion, and Blue Sky. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on. We'll uh, we'll we'll uh, I have to. I I fell in love with with uh, redfish fishing, so um, I went down to Louisiana for the Adventure Fishing World Championships. I'm sure you heard about those those uh, those trips. And uh, that was my first time red fishing, redfish fishing. And uh, I want to I want to take you up one of these days and throw some throw some fluff at some redfish. We'll have to do it do it well, sometime soon. Well, I will I will tell you this, <laughs> and Alex, you can, Alex will back me up on this. What you experience in Louisiana is not normal for red fishing in other parts of the world. <laughs> it's uh. It's it's definitely um, kind of a free for all in Louisiana as far as the number of fish and, and the opportunities that you get. But uh, if you really, really, really want to challenge yourself and your skills, um, there is I don't care who tells you what there is no place on the planet that is any harder to catch a redfish than it is right here in our backyard. And uh, cool. you know the nice the challenge. nice thing about our our what's that. I said challenge accepted. Cool. Yeah, and as you as you can tell, we have a 365 day a year fishery. So, um, yeah. you know, whenever you, whenever you get tired of the frozen north, man, feel free give us a shout. We're more than happy to direct you in the right in the right way to catch yourself some uh, Space Coast redfish, maybe even some black drum and some tarpon too. Oh, very cool. All right, brother man. Thank we will speak much. soon. Yeah, man. I appreciate it again. And uh, again, folks, check out all things Jackson Kayak, jacksonkayaks.com. Uh, of course, go to the Orion Cooler page now. Get your deals on the 2017 colors, orioncoolers.com. And the blue sky is blueskyboatworks.com. Indeed. Sweet. Yep. Thanks, brother. We'll talk soon. Cheers. See you, buddy. Cool. Not a, th- there's very few. Uh, it's interesting that he named Woody, because I, I'm I, as we were talking to James, I'm sitting there thinking to myself that James is the kind of guy that you can tell just by talking to him that you would want to sit and have a cold beer with and just talk fish and talk whatever. And Woody is is obviously that guy. Like, we, how many times I've I can't tell you how many times I've drank beer and hung out with Woody. And uh, just good people, man. And that's what this that's one thing about this sport is that I know sometimes I get on my tangents and my rants about bro staff and this that and the other and guys who who like to to cause drama and chaos within the, the kayak industry. But the meat and potatoes, the real people who are getting it done and making things happen for those of us who are fans of the sport are super cool. I don't think I've ever met anybody from any of the manufacturers that I didn't think was like super cool. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of super cool, we're going to have, uh, Blake, uh, Blake Young on from New Canoe uh, next month. So 
Uh, I'm going to reach out to Woody, see if we can't get Woody on, on the line. It would be cool to talk to Woody sometime soon um, just to catch up with him and see how he's been doing. He's always a great guest. Um, and, uh, you know, if you guys listening have any ideas or uh, somebody who you'd like to hear from, a manufacturer you might like to hear from, we'll, we'll do the – the hard work of reaching out to them and seeing if they'd like to come on board the show and, and tell us a little bit about what they got going on. Um, it's interesting. It, 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 I, I like to hear from the horse's mouth what's going on as opposed to, you know, what you might would see on, on social media or something like that. But I'm telling you, that backrest, that backrest for that seat is, I mean, for that cooler is damn near perfect for the right water 12. I don't know. I think it is. Well, I think I'm actually kind of hoping that me saying something about the double seat, if they go up to a 120, he said they're going going for a bigger one. 85 is, is yeah. pretty big, but if they did a 120 with two seats on top, talking about that is a boat seat right there. That's a big mm-hmm. boat seat. That's a, that's Slide a it up against the, the transom of the boat. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. So I know somebody that really would be a hell of a product tester for that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. Can't hmm. imagine who that Interesting. is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that was good. Um, yeah. Pumped, man. I can't wait to try out that FG system. I really can't. Um, honestly, it's like the. One of the only things that have come along in the industry in the last couple of years that I'm like really, really pumped to try. Everything else is just, it, it's been pretty much, okay, well, that makes sense that they did that. You know what I mean? Um, all right. Yeah, they put reverse on it. Well, well they kind of had to. Um, this is like, like you said, you said it best. You're building a better mousetrap. You're, you're uh, solving problems as opposed to just, coming up with a gimmick. You know what I mean? That's not exactly what your quote was, but essentially along the lines of what you said. So, yeah. You know what sticks in my mind is that video of Jameson when he's, when he's showing off the FD and he runs over that, that log. Have you seen that video? I don't think I've seen that video. He, he's literally pet, uh, pedaling along. And he's like, oh, look, a log. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly how he did it, but um, essentially he runs over a log and he never slowed down. He just like, but you, you can even hear it. And he just keeps on going. And I'm like, all right, so that, that's pretty badass. Like that, come on. If you're, if you're a kayak angler and, and you're new to the sport and, and you're somewhat considering – getting into a pedal-driven system, I don't know how you could not want to demo that Jackson. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And, and you know, I mean, it, it just makes sense. It's like, all right, so on my short list of kayaks that I really, really want to try, I want to try that, that Native Titan, which is basically Native's answer to the Pro Angler. Um, I want to try the FD because – as we've discussed on the show tonight, I think it's 
darn near perfect. And you know what I didn't I didn't realize that when it tucks up underneath the boat, it still moves, still pedal. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. So, uh that one and then um you know, Blake's got a couple of boats. The Flint uh looks pretty cool. And uh What's the other one that he has? Man, that's going to bother me now. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, new canoe. You got me. Oh. Not the Frontier. Flint is, the, is one of the new ones. What's the other one? I thought there was another one. Oh, sucks. I can't think of what it is. Anyway. Either way, I'll have I'll have it on my mind. But what's cool about like the Flint is the Flint's gonna come in at nine ninety nine. So it's gonna retail right, right at a thousand dollars. So you know, it's kinda the pursuit, that's what it is, the pursuit. The pursuit is is a well, I mean, they're all a narrower version of the Frontier, which is his original boat. But the the Pursuit is a longer, narrower version. You know what the Pursuit reminds me of, just from looking at it, that native magic from back in the day? Right, right. That was a really, really cool boat. And I would venture to say that the majority of you listening to the show probably have no idea what the native magic was. <laughs> because... Kayak fishing at the time was in its in its very much infant stages when it was when that boat was available to market, um, but it definitely has a a lot of the same look to it as that boat did. I wonder how it paddles. I bet you it paddles really nice. Either way, I like Blake, man, and everybody from New Canoe. Everybody I've ever met who who's associated with New Canoe has always been super super cool. I'm pretty much over paddling. I think I expressed that earlier. Yeah, you, you did. You're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of, somewhat harsh about it. But yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Uh, well, folks, no, you're local. No, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to break it down a little more simple. Okay, it's not going to be PC still, but I'm going to break it down a little more simple. Okay, now. <laughs> Do me a favor, if you're on the fence about paddling or pedaling, or you're just wondering what I'm ranting about, do me a favor and go out your front door, as long as you're not in a frozen tundra like like our guest was, go out your front door and walk about a block down the street. Just walk a block down the street, down your driveway, a block down the street. Turn around to walk home, but then walk home on your hands. Tell me which one's easier, and then get back to me on whether you want to paddle or pedal. That's not an accurate statement. Absolutely. What's inaccurate about that? I can't (laughs) even walk on my hands. What? That's crazy. That's inaccurate. That's not inaccurate. That is fact. 
If I tried to walk on my hands, I'd break my neck. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Yeah. I will say this. <clears throat> there, There's no doubt that there are two kinds of ca- kayak anglers. There are kayak anglers who like to paddle, and there's kayak anglers who have never pedaled anything. Right? I.e., there's, there's ca- people that are honest with themselves, and then there's others that are lying to themselves. Go on. Well, it's not, it's not even really that as much as it is that, that I think, listen, from doing demos and stuff, and you've done them too, you, that, we get the idea of, listen, first things first, usually, and Julio just said it in the chat room, he wants the pedal boat, but um, he doesn't have pedal money. The, the thing about it is this. Uh, pedaling is more efficient, obviously, than paddling. Pedaling leaves your hands free to cast and continue to cast and continue to cast while paddling, you have to paddle and put down your paddle, pick up a rod, da 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 da, da whatever. Um, all the typical stuff that we already know. But when you put somebody who's never pedaled anything and you put them in a pedal kayak, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a, a propeller style or flippy flappies, they, they immediately want one. Now, whether or not they can get one, different story, but they immediately want one. The nice thing about the pedal or the, the nice thing about the progression in the kayak world is that in the beginning, the boats held their value fairly well. As, it, as it's gone on, it, it gets kind of crested, and now it's starting to come down the other side. Because there's so many innovations that are done every single year, new seats, new drive system, new this, new that, extra rod holders, whatever, whatever, whatever. People like new. People like to turn over their kayak. So if you don't need to have the new seat, but you want pedals, you can find somebody who's got an, an older uh, Hobie or an older native or whatever and pick it up for, you know, about what you would pay for for a new paddle-style kayak. Um, I've seen them go even cheaper than that. I've seen older Hobies go for under a 1000 bucks. Um, I said earlier is when you're super shallow, having to stop, pull out the pedals and paddle. Listen, uh, to that, Julio said, the only thing I don't like about uh, pedals is like you guys said earlier when you're super shallow having to stop and pull out the pedals and paddle anyway that doesn't happen very often like here's how I fish for, here's how I fish from a kayak 90% of the time I paddle or pedal from the truck to the flat and typically once I'm on the flat I'm standing up and I'm pulling I don't care if it's a paddle kayak or a pedal kayak at that point because neither neither contraption is being utilized. When I was with Hobie and I and I was in the Pro Anglers, I pulled the thing everywhere. I probably pulled it more than I ever pedaled it. And 
you know, do I pull the, I, sometimes I pull the drive out. Sometimes I just fold the, you know, one foot, one pedal forward, one pedal back, use a little mudgy cord, whatever. Um, the other systems, you got to fold it up. It's kind of somewhat in your way, whatever. Now the DFD system's out. It's a little bit different story. Um, but if you fish, if you fish offshore, there is no substitute to pedals, period. I don't even want to think about paddling offshore ever again. Like I don't ever want to do that. That that's not on list of things that Chuck wants to do. Um, which is interesting because like the Kraken and some of the other boats that have come out, the uh what's the one that Wilderness came out with? Um Wilderness well, Wilderness had one. The you gotta you gotta keep in mind with those boats is they are specifically made as a smash up between an ocean sea kayak, one that you would paddle around glaciers and look at walruses on. They're a <laughs> mash up between that and our modern fishing kayak. So right, right, right. Those right. No, no. Are, I I get it. Different strokes for different folks. And it's and and one boat is tailored to do one thing where the other boats are, are, are set up for something different. Um Julio says I would paddle offshore for some tuna and mahi and kings. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you might would do it once, but if you're talking about going down south and doing it, why don't you ask our good buddy um, Spencer about how fun it is to paddle a kayak near the Gulf Stream? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. There's a reason why the entire South Florida crowd that that does that on a regular basis, they're all in something with pedals. It, it just it's a different monster. It's not. It's you're talk. It's it's a completely different scenario. I would not recommend anybody, especially people who ha- don't have a whole lot of kayak fishing experience, to ever do that in a in a paddle style boat. Um. I just see. I just see that. Uh, that's the thing, and Russell. Uh, just said it in the chat room. I think the coolest thing about the FD drive is they're dropping it into already very, very paddle, paddleable boats, boats that paddle well. And that's interesting that you say that because, like, every time you see somebody ask about a pedal-driven boat, the first boat that comes to everyone's comes out of everyone's mouth is the Pro Angler. And the Pro Angler is a great boat. Like no one can ever dispute the fact that the Pro Angler isn't a great boat. It's a great boat, but it's a freaking boat. I am not paddling a Pro Angler anywhere. I don't care. We watched a guy do it. Remember we watched, who the hell was that that did that down at the uh, Adventure Fishing World Championships in Chukaleski? Remember that guy was paddling around in a Pro Angler because it was too shallow? Yep. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I I've tried and it sucks. It's great to paddle it's great to pole. It poles real well, but it sucks to paddle it. The outback paddles pretty well, um, with the with the rudder down. Um the Revo of course paddles really well. The adventure for sure paddles really well. But you know, it's uh like my buddy Doug across the street, you know Doug. Doug's got an old adventure. He's got it's like a it's like an original adventure with like the little uh, turnstile lockable situation for the drop-in drive as opposed to the the little flippers that that lock it in place. And that boat is a freaking rocket, even when you paddle it. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's interesting. I, I'm really stoked that James called in, and I'm really, really excited about uh, getting an opportunity to try those boats out because um, – I don't know. I don't know why it is, but I feel like Jackson doesn't necessarily always get the respect that they deserve in the kayak community. Um, when people ask about, oh, you know, I'm thinking about buying a new boat, and I pay attention to these things, I'm doing research, I'm writing a book. Um, it's one of those brands that you you typically don't really see a lot of people uh, pushing people towards them, and I'm not really sure why. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's they're great, man. Great people, great boats, great company. And Eric Jackson's just a really cool dude. So it's hard not to want to promote and help those folks out. Um, but cool. That's that's pretty good. You got any uh, fishing trips lined up, man? I am fishing on. What's today? Tuesday. Uh, I don't fish tomorrow. I actually am speaking to um, some high school classes on Thursday about the lagoon. Nice. Yes. Always a good thing down in Melbourne. Um, and then I have uh, uh, I have a trip on Friday and Sunday and. Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah, some trips coming up. Got some cool. openings, but got a lot. Of spring's coming, man, and uh, and uh, yeah, spring's coming. Man, I hope we get some cobia running through this year. I'll tell you what: as soon as this wind dies, some magic's gonna happen right off the of, right off the beach and off of Port Canaveral. I sure hope so. Yeah, this this steady hard southeasterly that we have. When it lets up, it's going to be um, like I said, it's going to be pretty special. So it'll be cool. Well, coming into the full moon, this 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 last uh, the next full moon, which is uh, like eight days away, seven days away. So today's Tuesday. So uh, the beginning of next week, middle of next week. Will be the last uh, she said spawn. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I got a goal. I'd like to. uh, Yeah, I'd like to get out and get a Kobe on fly this year. Yeah, it'll be good. Kobe on fly in the kayak. Hey. I'll try. <laughs> I'm I'm game. Yeah. Got a dolphin from fly out of the kayak. Uh, they're both equally stupid fish. <laughs> should, yeah. should should be able to fool one to one to eat and some chicken feathers anyway. Uh, speaking of fly fishing, ladies and gentlemen, there is the fly fishing film tour that will be in Melbourne this upcoming Sunday, February the 25th, at the Premier Theaters Oaks 10. Uh, there are only a handful of tickets left, literally like seven tickets left. Now, I was going to say, if there's any tickets left, there is only a few. 
Yeah, I, I asked Mike Kaneen earlier today because I still have yet to get my ticket, and he said there was eight. And I said, please hold me one. He said, okay. And so there's only seven. <laughs> At least then. Anyways, that was earlier. Uh, that is brought to you by Trout Unlimited, Scientific Anglers, Ross Reels, Yellow Dog, Thomas & Thomas, Dale's Pale Ale, uh, Harry Goods Outdoor Shop, and, of course, English for Conservation. There you can go to the flyfishingfilmtour.com for scheduled tickets and trailers. If you've never been to a fly fishing film tour before, if you, if, even if you don't fly fish, if you just like fishing videos, I highly recommend that you try and make it to this event. You will see, this isn't, this isn't I, I just bought a GoPro and I have cheap editing software on my laptop. This is legit fishing films. Films with high-dollar cameras, incredible editing equipment, great storylines. I mean, this is these are the best of the best that were submitted to the F3T organization for them to choose from. These are the films that they decided they were going to pick. Now, I think the way that it works is whenever you, because I think you lease, that's how it works, you lease the, the uh, films for a fundraiser. And this fundraiser, of course, goes to English for Conservation, who... They listen. In my opinion, I would say probably also in Alex's opinion, hands down one of the best organizations that you could ever donate to right now because as my good friend Alex has said, they do what needs to be done in the sense of educating the future, educating the next generation of angler to have a conservation type mind when it comes to the outdoors. Very important, especially in today's day and time. So if you get an opportunity, uh, swing by Harry Goods Outdoor Shop. Give Harry Goods Outdoor Shop a call. You, should, you might be able to buy the, purchase a ticket over the phone. I don't know that to be the fact, but with, such, with so little tickets left, a uh, very good possibility that you should be able to do that. Um, and uh, try and make it out. Bring, bring some couple extra bucks with you for some raffle prizes, some raffle tickets. Uh, I'm donating a dozen flies I tied. Uh, no big deal. It's just whatever. But, um, you know, so that'll be in there. There's going to be a bunch of probably really good stuff. But knowing Richard from Harry Goods, he usually, usually throws it down when it comes to uh, raffle items. I know for, in the past for boondoggles and stuff, he's gone above and beyond anything any of us could have ever have asked for. Um, but so, yeah, it should be a good time had by all. Melbourne, Florida, Sunday, February 25th. Um, I believe it's around like 2.30, I think, is when it starts, something like that. Um, yeah. There you go. Anyway, Alex, people want to go on a charter with you, my friend. How do they do it? Hit me up at 321-480-3255 or look me up at locallinescharters.com. Julio says he thinks that one day we should set up a day to either fish or just hang out with me and you uh, and everyone that listens to KFR. That's good. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. We should pick a, pick a location to go do some. Actually, you know what we should do? We should have a cleanup. That's what yeah. We should, we should host a cleanup, and we'll get with some of our uh, supporters, and see if we can't come up with some cool, 
prizes. Maybe we'll come up with a couple of prizes where we can give, like, for the most trash, the most unique trash, whatever, whatever. Um, that's always interesting, the most unique trash. could be pretty bad sometimes. Captain Hooks could uh, would host it, he says. Um, Scott said that Captain Hooks might would host it. Uh, it just depends on where we go. I don't know. See, the only problem with doing it up in the refuge and everything is you have to, like, go through the refuge to do it technically. And it's not a big deal, but it does take some planning, more planning than I'm honestly willing to do on, um, in the sense of you got to like go through a little class so that they can show you the safe way to pick up trash and all this kind of thing. And look, the whole damn river is covered in trash. So literally everywhere can use a hand, (laughs) you know, I'm all I'm all for doing cleanups out in the refuge, but you know I, I don't feel like jumping through hoops to do something that's that's going to be fun that I got to like stress out over and spend extra time to do it. You know what I mean? I hate to sound that way, but it's pretty much the way they've made it be out there. I look at it like this. Correct me. I know I get it that it's on property or whatever, but if I'm allowed to go out there and fish without having to take a class, there shouldn't be like stipulations and how I can go out there and pick up garbage. Like if I sat on the board of directors for the refuge, that would be like the first thing I would say to myself itself. Maybe if we didn't have these stupid rules in place, more people would come out here with trash bags and clean the place up. Cause it is, it is kind of a pain in the butt. It is kind of a pain in the butt, but no, it's a good idea though, to do a cleanup and, uh, it would be a fun event. We'll just have to figure out, you know, where we want to do the first one or where we want to do one. And um, I know Richard's always game to do it down in Melbourne too. I know he he actually does a annual cleanup. I don't know. There's a bunch of places that that can certainly use it. Um, here's food for thought, and I'll and, and I'll end the night with this. Food for thought. My son and I spent about an hour cleaning up trash. And when, yeah, great job, Trey. Very proud of you, baby. Um, He says, yeah, good job. (laughs) Um, And in that hour, we we literally, actually we, we didn't do nothing. He did. He picked up probably close to 60 pounds worth of trash. Uh, Spoke about it earlier on in the show, of all kinds of things. Can you imagine how much trash the fishing community could remove from the river on an average weekend if everybody out there picked up what they saw on their way back in. How, how many tons, literally tons of trash could we remove from the riverbanks in one weekend if the entire fishing community decided, hey, uh, I think this. I think Saturday, on our way out or our way in, we're gonna. If we see debris floating, we see crap floating around. If we're pulling a shoreline, we see some stuff. We're gonna go grab it. Think about that. And I know that's not gonna solve our water problem, like right away or probably at all. But it certainly helps. It certainly helps. So we'll brainstorm. That's a good. That's a good call, Julio. We haven't. We, we Alex and I haven't done a 
I don't want to say meet and greet. We haven't done like a hangout with Kayak Fishing Radio since we've been doing the show together. Except for like we've done a few we've done a few seminar type things, but that doesn't really count. That would be cool. That would be fun. Hmm. You down? Calm down. Cool. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for always being there for me, helping me out along with the show and uh, dropping knowledge on our listeners. We definitely appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Have a good week. Comments, questions, and concerns, you know how to find us. Alex Gritschke on Facebook, Local Line Guide Service. You can find me, Redfish Chuck, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, we're both pretty much open books. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, hit us up. With that being said, take a kid fishing. They are the future of our sport. God bless. We'll see you. We'll talk to you next week. Uh-huh.